the Boy, loss of that one. Boy, that's almost a full week. Yeah, and it's interesting because you can get this fatigue debt built so deep, it's kind of like a credit card debt, and you try to pay it back. You know, with one, you can't do it. it yeah. It's it's a negative. So people chronically are fatigued because of a lack of sleep, and of course that can get into your day uh, and make you stressed and angry and uh, edgy. Up to 60% are gluten and gluten sensitive, which is shocking to me because it's everywhere. It is everywhere. And we know that that tendency to be celiac can actually be in the genes. Totally. However, just because you're born with a certain set of genes doesn't mean you have to have a negative outcome. Let's talk about a new system. Well, they're bringing it on us, right? They've 90% of all the central banks globally, they're going to come in with messaging like this is the amazing white knight on a shiny horse coming in to save the day, right? Well, no. night's sleep is very important for optimal health and that's a question that we get asked all the time is what can we do to improve sleep at night so we can actually wake up rested yeah and interestingly enough about 75% of all doctors visits have fatigue as one of the complaints so obviously we're not getting good sleep remember this is like um, a few years back we developed this term called fatigue debt remember that I do remember interesting that. if a person doesn't get one good night's sleep. If they have one poor night's sleep, it actually takes five good night's sleep to make up for the Boy, loss of that one. that's almost a full week. Yeah, and it's interesting because you can get this fatigue debt built so deep, it's kind of like a credit card debt, and you try to pay it back, you know, with one, you can't do it. it yeah. It's it's a negative. So people chronically are fatigued because of a lack of sleep, and of course that can get into your day uh, and make you stressed and angry and uh, edgy. Yeah, a couple of the things that I talked to him about is, number one, it's probably not a good idea to take a late afternoon nap because you might not go down to sleep at night. Yeah. And then number two would be make sure that you get on a regular sleep schedule. It might be hard to, like, put yourself down regularly at 9 o'clock because you want to stay up and watch the... Uh, the last uh, of the series of TV series that you're finally trying to, to get caught up with. Yeah. But that's not conducive for getting a good night's sleep. Well, it's not. I mean, even here in the studio, there's lights everywhere, right? So, you know, obviously this is daytime, so it wouldn't be unusual to have lights. But the idea behind this is what disturbs sleep is this ambient light that's around at a time where it's supposed to be dark. Mm. And so we have a bunch of white lights, bright lights the, the white and the blue lights emit a, you know, like the computer screen, a temperature yes. sort of directionally on our eyeballs at 5,500 Kelvin. Oh, boy, that's hot. That's hot. But compare it's it like to the noonday the sun, 3,500 degrees um, Kelvin. So the, the white lights on our eyes, so actually, you know, it causes cortisol to go up when melatonin is supposed to be building. And so that whole disturbs your sleep. And then a lot of times you can actually correct that with some blue blocker glasses. Right, so I've got some in my need office. To put I'll put on some glasses on, like later in the day. Or yep. When they get home at night, you can, and you, you know, I put them on one day, and, and it looks like Bono or something like that. Putting <laughs> them on, no. But the bottom line is, they actually uh, do Who cause that, that yellow tint, and so night lights around the house, yellow or red, yellow or red, not white, because when you get up in the middle of the night, you know, to go to the 
bathroom or something like it because it's disturbed the sleep. Yeah, so developing a nighttime routine is a good thing. When you come home at night, start turning the noise down, maybe turn the mm. TV down after 6 o'clock or the music down, start turning the lights down or maybe have a softer lighting in yep. the house. Uh, if you have those glasses, you might put those glasses on if you're watching TV. <laughs> it's just at least so you look cool. You know, you're starting to sanitize the getting ready for bed and getting your mind settled mm -hmm. down so that the proper hormones are produced at the proper times when you lay put your pillow down uh, on the pillow at at night yeah and really people need to know you're supposed to be really getting about four sleep cycles completed per night and they take about an hour and a half to complete and then about a 15 to 30 minute transition between the ones so that's where experts get to like seven and a half to eight hours right but the bottom line is if we don't get that, you know, we're going to be perpetually in a state of fatigue. And we take a lot of things to help us sleep. Talk about some of the things you take. Well, one of my favorites at the top of the list, of course, is progesterone. In the aging female, progesterone is the first hormone to drop low. And mm -hmm. progesterone happens to be the hormone of deep sleep. So for me, optimal progesterone levels are like imperative. Yep. Number two is I like this uh, amino acid called L-theanine mm -hmm. up to about 400 milligrams at night in combination with magnesium buffered chelate up to about 300 milligrams at night. And then I also like to top that off with melatonin. And I've worked my way up to 10 milligrams of melatonin and that works really well with that little uh, concoction or combination. Now, I know some people out there thinking, well, I heard, you know, again, another myth buster time for you. I heard that if you take melatonin that you would shut off your own production. Well, guess what? The, Not true. The pineal gland, actually, the little third eye back here, produces melatonin pretty well until we're about 35, 40 years old, and then it just goes off the, the deep end. So actually taking melatonin as you age becomes more protective, more antioxidant, more anti-inflammatory, and more anti-carcinogenic. Pretty cool. So, you know, I'll take probably somewhere around the, you know, 25, 30 milligrams of melatonin because I'm not one that needs progesterone. Men don't need to take that. It becomes inflammatory if we take too much. Um, and I like L-theanine. I also like another uh, amino acid called glycine. If you take a couple grams of glycine powder, that can help deepen sleep. Um, there are the products out there, the full-spectrum hemp's. Those actually with CBD, the cannabidiols, those can help you sleep as well and relax. There's some people out there that take, you know, the, uh, the full-fledged, you know, cannabis that has uh, THC in it, and that can help as well. I've also noticed that for me, not eating late, like not after 6 o'clock, so that Bingo. my stomach isn't really full and heavy when I lay down to go to sleep. That's also very effective for getting a good night's sleep. Um, the room temperature can also be ah. a very important thing. We keep our room temperature at about, oh, 65 degrees, yep. sometimes even cooler, depending upon the heat of the noon, what the noonday sun has brought over, over the household. That's really important because a lot of people um, complain about being hot. If you turn the thing down a little bit, you know, in the 60s, that's where it's supposed to be, yeah. you know, you're actually going to sleep better. That's where optimum sleep is. And it's very difficult to sleep if you're hot, you're sweating, and everybody knows that. I think that, you know, it's important that people start putting some effort with intentionality into this sleep hygiene process we're talking about. Yes, I've also really come to know, especially 
you know, past the 50-yard dash line, that drinking caffeine late in the day is not a really good idea. If you're born with a slow metabolic system on uh, metabolizing caffeine anyway, and then past that 50-yard dash line, meaning over 50 years old, oftentimes we become a little bit more sensitive to caffeine, and it's still hanging around. That mid-afternoon cup of coffee can still be hanging around late in the day. She's really in her 40s. She just (laughs) kind of gave you guys some encouragement right there. So avoiding that caffeine (laughs) later in the day is essential. Yeah, and and give yourself a gap between your last meal and bedtime. And I, I, optimally it's three hours or so, but some people, if you can even give it two hours, it's better because if you have a lot of food stuck in the gut here, it's going to create a lot lot of stress. Yeah, it's going to really mess your sleep. And so with, with sleep, though, seriously, folks, Put some effort into that because it is underappreciated. And for the business people out there, it's not a waste of time. It's actually really good. So, hey, want some of these tips, you can reach out to us and we'll make sure to get you squared away. Stick around. You don't have to eat that bread. And when you navigate through these these economies with people, here's here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here, is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. Hey friends, you already know the answer to this, but we'll ask you anyway. If you stay away from your favorite junk food for a month and then go back to supersizing it, will your health improve? Well, that's the thing about change. To change, we have to be as consistent as possible. And when we go back to an old habit, it's not the end of the world. We just get back at the new habit. Before you know it, real transformation is evident to you and others. That's why we offer a bunch of helpful bonuses when you subscribe to Kingdom Fuel. Kingdom Fuel is our complete nutritional meal shake. It's the simple start to a transformed life and we'll auto ship every month so you don't run out. You'll receive two free shaker cups, free access to our video courses and a monthly call with us filled with practical inspiration. Just see the link below or on your screen and subscribe today. The body's amazing at recovery, so you want to give it every chance, no matter what time it is. So in that context, no, it's certainly never too uh, late. You're never too old to start trying to be healthy. No matter where you are in terms of your health, that you can turn this around. It's never too late to start a wellness program, and it's never too late to reach your healthcare goals. There's an old adage, um, and I'm not sure where it came from, but I really do like it. They say um, the, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. We just want people to hang on to hope. We 
are hope dealers. And if you are not paying attention to the four foundational pillars of health, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, eventually it is gonna catch up. If we get all those four areas right, and we do it right, we see a dynamic occur in the middle called wellness, and that's where people get better. Their health is really gonna return as a side effect of wellness. Remember that other night when we were ordering our meal and the waitress says, I'm coming back with the bread, and off she went. And, of course, she came back with the bread, and we started looking around at everybody just devouring this bread. Remember that? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a chronic people watcher. It's kind you of fascinating are. to me how <laughs> before the meal even comes to the table, certain tables will actually be on their second serving of bread. And truly, I, I catch her or staring chips. at people, and I'm like, don't stare. And she's like, but I like to watch people. I'm like, yeah, but don't stare because they're going to see you just watching curious. Well, I know, Just curious. I just like kind of freaks me out sometimes. But anyway, the bottom line is, you know, we saw people just literally chowing down on this bread. And and I was kind of thinking through that a little bit on how that, that, that bread is really something that probably hurting them pretty bad, isn't it? Well, you know, in the clinic, we always look at um, basal metabolic rate. And the majority of yeah. basal metabolic rate never get over 1,900 calories. And we know that in one small little bitty, bitty loaf of bread, if you're putting the butter and the margarine or the oil on top of it, you've exceeded 3,000 calories before your dinner gets to the table. Yeah, and a lot of times the bread, I mean, we don't think about this, these refined wheat products that are really kind of the constructive mm. means of the bread. They, the they protein it genetic, the bread, genetically modified. They have, and, and the, the wheat kernel, if you will, has three types of protein. It's got wheat, it's got gluten, and it's got gliadin. I mean, most mm. people probably heard about the gluten concept, but... Interestingly enough, you know, part of this thing called celiac disease. Yeah, oh, yes. Has, but there's Stop only on like two or three percent of the whole population is celiac disease, but up to sixty percent are gluten and gluten sensitive, which is shocking to me because it's everywhere. It is everywhere, and we know that that tendency to be celiac can actually be in the genes. Totally. However, just because you're born with a certain set of genes doesn't mean you have to have a negative outcome. Now. If we know that and we keep putting that toxin on the system and we barrage it, especially with a genetically modified agent, it's going to get us to that disease quicker and faster. It may not be 40 yep. or 50 when it shows up. It might be 19 or 20 or even younger. We test a ton of people, genetically speaking. If you're that science geek out there and you're saying, well, what did genetics say about that? Well, there's two different enzymes. One is called HLA-DQ2 and HLA-DQA. If you're wondering what they stand for, human leukocyte antigen. Big word, but just HLA-DQ2 <laughs> and 8. But the bottom line is when those things are regulated a certain way, we don't break down gluten. And a lot of people really don't break it down. It becomes this long-term highly potentially debilitating uh, chronic thing that can happen and people can't give it up. That, that blows my mind. That's right. So they can be highly intolerant because yep. they can't break it down. They can be allergic to it, which is a certain type of immune reaction, or they could be sensitive to it. So building on these different things, 
we need to think about different alternatives that we can actually do to get this gluten and this bread out of our life if it's the problem. What we do. The, what do you think those would be? Well, you know, there's a couple, but let's don't forget the addictive properties here. The the new genetically modified protein that contains the gluten and gladin specifically, those actually create chemicals when they go into our gut. Mm. Remember that? Oh, They're yes. They're called like, exorphins, E-X-O-R-P-H-I-N-S. They, they actually bind to the opioid receptors, and we know about the opioid crisis in the, in the U.S. here, but uh, bottom line is it's kind of sad because it does make people feel good. It takes the pain away for a little bit, and that's why people can't stop. So it's so kind of it, like a drug. Totally. So it, instead of just one piece, it's two pieces, three pieces, four pieces, or maybe even two loaves. You nailed it. That's why the restaurants do that. They're not stupid. You know, they don't use the term addiction. They use the term craveability, and they they create this process. So you'll come back, and that's why restaurants, you know, they're going to give you free bread and chips because they want to maximize the addictive potential so that you'll think it's a great place and want to come back. Uh, yeah. We've got to make some changes here. So. It's like the right amount of sweetness, the right amount of saltiness, the right amount of doughiness makes people want to come back. And if yeah. we have to eat every day, it's harder to break an addiction to bread or these things that have these toxic chemicals in it, gliadomorphins, gluten, than it is an addiction to drugs then. Well, it really is. And the, the bottom line is we've dealt with people a long time and I know this is one of our great frustrations. Somebody's like super sick. You know, their 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 gut lining is so tore up. They've developed autoimmune conditions because they won't stop eating these breads that contain high amounts of gluten because it's so addicting. And then they can develop autoimmunity of the, the colon, like a colitis or something like Crohn's. And that's a bad deal. And we see that happen all the time. We've seen it happen in family members. We've seen it happen in friends, and they just won't stop. And it's like, what are we doing with that? But we've got to give them alternatives, right? We, I mean, you agree with that. Absolutely. So we know a few alternatives that people can do besides just going for the bread. There are things like cloud bread. There, We can use almond flour in our bread. We yep. can literally make a loaf of bread out of almond flour coconut flour, keep it completely gluten-free. Yep. You know, those that are not completely allergic, intolerant, or sensitive to it and just want to moderate their system and not create this GI um, intestinal permeability or leaky gut, so to speak, they could even go for the sprouted grains. That's right. Well, you know, when you think about cloud bread, there's recipes out there like everywhere. And so, again, it's, it's egg whites, almond flour, coconut flour. And then there's cauliflower crust in some pizzas. There's yeah, that's kind of genius. Cauliflower wraps that people are having as a place of these uh, breakfast wraps. Brilliant stuff to sub in there. And eventually you won't lose the taste and the sort of uh, the culture, textures. culture of that, you know, that we have. And you can still maintain your taste, but you can avoid the addiction and avoid, you know, a lot of these things can be yeah. built with the construction of the gut. So you're saying with these, we can avoid the health consequences if we choose healthy alternatives. We can. And we really need to know kind of what is up with that and test the right things because we can test for that. So if you're curious out there and you say, well, am I uh, sensitive to gluten? Reach out to us. We can help you out and give you some good alternatives. Up next, our financial guru, Kirk Elliott, gives us advice on what you need to know at this time in history. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. 
We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable Kingdom Fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on Kingdom Fuel now. Hello, I'm Kevin Sorbo. Now there's an old saying, it's not what you know, but who you know that matters. Now that's true in our careers, spiritual life, and when it comes to our health and overall well-being. Today, most of us know a lot of information about health and nutrition, but are we really doing anything with it? So here's what I've learned from working with Drs. Michelle and Mark Sherwood. They're the founders of the Functional Medical Institute. You need a wellness plan that's customized based on your unique needs. Now remember, real change can only happen when you address the whole person. That is exactly what Mark and Michelle do and why they are people you should know. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. Find out at Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo. That's Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo or just see the link below. Have a great day and God bless. I could use your assistance. Okay. Um, Jesus. Huh? I, my name is Jesus. <laughs> sure. Jesus. Jesus is here today. You, uh, you looking for a job? Yes, sir. You and Mark have 45 days before the bank forecloses. Not to worry. They do not call me by God buyer for nothing. The collection plate starts to be passed around. Mark reaches into the basket and shouts, you and your family are the winner from the first church of the Lotto. Kind of think of it like a high stakes bingo night ever this video of the diaper is going viral right before our eyes. This is a miracle. What, what is? Friends of Faith has over 300,000 followers. Oh my dad! That's more followers than Moses had. Jesus! Take the wheel! Say no, Stop take it. the wheel! I got it! I got it, buddy! Mark, it's great to be with you again. And um, we've all been talking about the globalists and their plans for a, a big global reset and what that means for, for a long time now. Well, starting on January 16th, for one week, they were all meeting the, the, the G7, the G20, the IMF, the World Economic Forum, um, all the big globalist policy leaders globally were meeting in Davos, Switzerland, like they do every single year. They had this confab, right? So what were they talking about, right? Well, before they even met, their notes came out, you know, the outline, this is what we're going to talk about to all you people that are here, right? All the, the globalists, and we've got Republicans and Democrats and politicians there. They're all meeting. And what are they talking about? What did they talk about, right? So according to the World Economic Forum website, these are the topics. And, and again, like I've said before, words have meaning, right? So let's listen to these words. They're, they're bullet points. They're going to address the current energy and food crisis in the context of a new system for energy, climate, and nature. 
They're going to address the current high inflation, low growth, high debt economy in the context of a new system for investment, trade, and infrastructure, address the current industry headwinds in the context of a new system for harnessing frontier technologies for private sector innovation and resilience. They're going to address the current social vulnerabilities in the context of a new system for work, skills, and care. And they're going to address the current geopolitical risk in the context of a new system for dialogue and cooperation in a multipolar world. It's like, what's all this talk about a new system? Well, they're bringing it on us, right? They've 90% of all the central banks globally are now starting to issue central or going down the path of a central bank digital currency. Now, they're going to come in with messaging like this is the amazing white knight on a shiny horse coming in to save the day, right? Well, no. This is not what it's about. All that a central bank digital currency is, is cryptocurrency. It's a digital version of the paper money that they already print. However, so they can print just as many dollars as they want, right? Or as many yen or as many euro as they want. They can issue as many digital version of that currency as well, because there's no tangible backing behind it. So it's going to do nothing to address the inflationary pressures. But here's the deal, Mark. For, you know, the old saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. Okay, nobody would want a system where your digital social profile, what you spend money on, what your religion is, who you donate to, what church you give to, what political party you give to, how you spend your money, have you been vaxxed or not vaxxed, right? All of this is part of our digital social profile. And if they don't like it, because it's programmable money, they have the authority to shut off your ability to buy or sell. This is what a digital social profile attached to a central bank digital currency does. So when they're talking about a new system, this is the system they're talking about. How do I know that it's not some other system? Because further on in their notes, they talk about how this, this is going to be a new normal, how they have to talk about a global coalition for digital safety, because there's big efforts that we need to tackle here. They need to talk about applying human rights to the digital world. Why? Because they know that their system is going to strip away our privacy, our freedom, and our rights. And so they need to talk about how are we going to tackle this when we're going to have a ton of opposition from stripping people of their freedom and their privacy completely. So this is what's going on politically. And all of our investments, Mark, are we are a combination of some puzzle pieces, the political puzzle piece, the economic puzzle piece, the social puzzle piece, right? They all get put together. And this is what I do and what we do at our firm is put those puzzle pieces together and strategically put together a system to get out of the path of this hurricane and safely reallocate to get out of the system where you're not just a digital number, where your programmable money can shut you off from buying or selling, right? So how do you do that? With tangible assets like gold and silver that not only have we talked about in the past how they're great investments, I mean, they're they're booming, but they're also in this respect, um, also instrumental in protecting your religious freedom, your personal freedom, your political freedom, your economic freedom, your health freedom, because it's private, they're private transactions. So, so call our office. You know, Mark, you and I talk a lot about this and, and every one of the viewers should give us a call because we can strategically map out. It's a free consultation, your strategy for success so you can thrive 
And all you have to do is go to kirkelliottphd.com forward slash Sherwood, or you can just give her office a call 720-605-3900 and say, Dr. Mark sent you. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now.